WWF, what the world is watching. Eleven-time world champion, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Will Flair wrestle Hogan? It's never happened before. Will it happen now? Is this the big one? The big one? Find out at WCW's Back Beach, Sunday, July 17th, live and only on pay-per-view. Cool. Call your local cable operator for availability. Now, welcome to the 24-inch podcast. My name is Steve Bennett. That was Paula Bennett. Paula Bennett. And with us is Hollywood hey. Dave Rollins. We are all here together. Hey, it's, hey, hey. Yeah, it's summertime, so Paula's up late. We don't have to split the intros. We're here together. And summertime means summer vacation, Dave. What have you been up to? You were down at the shore. It's summertime, and a living is nothing but easy, as Vince McMahon would say uh, in his SummerSlam promos. Love that. But, um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was down the shore, Jersey Shore. Everybody knows that from the TV show, from the situation and Snooki and Paulie D, right? But I've been going down there a long, long time before they came over from Staten Island, brother. Yeah, I was going to so, say, uh, I think the Jersey Shore even predates that show. I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, know, I know it's more popular now. I mean, like, its role in pop culture predates that. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, because of Bruce and Bon Jovi and everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, but I've been hanging out with a bunch of girls more often. And some some of the guys are dropping off a little bit, and and uh, some of the girls, um, you know, they, they have kids and stuff. So uh, we go down there, take them on the rides, and that kind of thing. And uh, me, me, and one of the chicks, the one that was staying with me, uh, you know, I, my sister has a house down the shore. Or my parents, whatever you want to say. And we went on this sky ride, man. It's like it's almost like a bungee jump, but it's not like it's like you're inside the thing. But it had to be a hundred feet in uh, in the air. I'm not good at judging that, but they they hold you up there while they're letting the next people people on. It felt like we we're up there for like two hours. You know what I oh, mean? Nice. You're like this thing gonna break? Yeah. But uh, you get the whole view of everything, and uh, you know. Then we did the pool the next day. A- another girl, a girl I used to date actually, uh, came dressed as a bum. And was talking to me in the pool, and I didn't know who it was. I was kind of ignoring her because I was playing with the kids. And then finally, like, I, I didn't, like, yell at her, but it was almost something out of, like, a wrestling thing where, like, kimchi would, you know, take off the mask, and it's the honky-tonk band. But she takes off the bum the bum uh, costume, and it's it's Claire, uh, you know, my, an ex-girlfriend of mine who would remain very close friends but I haven't seen in a while. So that was She really had cool. you fooled, huh? Yeah, had, had, she had me going. She did a great job. Yeah, she's, she's only uh, the the one girl that was staying at the hotel set it up with her. 
uh, so there was only one other girl in on, in on it, in on the prank. So that was one of the funny things. And, and um, then it just kept going. And uh, we went to see Boy George last night at uh, the PNC Bank Art Center in Holmdale, New Jersey. And the, the funniest part of the night was, um, they, you know, they, they sell the rental chairs for the lawn. Okay. And the, these ladies left. They got up and left. So then they came back, then they got up and left again. They were gone, like, forever. And I was just, like, running around being an idiot. Like, most of the people weren't, I was with weren't drinking. Only only one other person was. And so I, the beer's, like, th- there. They left They left a beer behind, and it was, like, full. So I'm like, I don't care. It's like it's almost like I'm just kissing one of these ladies. I'll drink their beer. All of a sudden, they come back looking for the beer. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hiding it. I'm trying to put it in this girl's purse, this one, that one. So today, everybody's been texting each other, uh, joking around about this. Joking around about that, so that's, that's pretty good. Did they figure out you took it? I don't think so. No. no, no, I don't think so. I think they finally they left again. I would, I would have apologized, you know, in my own, in my own way. <laughs> that's hilarious. How was uh, Boy George? I was impressed. I was impressed. You know, I only you know, Culture Club. You know, I used to watch them on MTV as a little kid. Uh, my aunt Claire loved them. Uh, rest in peace. But um, I actually, you know, I don't listen. It's not something I regularly listen to. But of course, you know, you know all the hits. And that kind of thing, but he put out a good show. He sounded great, and you know, it was just like '80s nostalgia. Uh, Berlin opened up. You know, take my breath away. Mm. So uh, yeah, and it was a good show. Yeah, we had a, we had a really really good time. If you say and, so. And uh, we yeah we got Guns N' Roses coming up next. Guns N' Roses coming up at the uh, Meadowlands, right? John, yeah, Metallica. I'm not a big Metallica guy, so I might just. Uh, I might just tailgate it. That's a little too much for me. As I used to be, I used to love Metallica, but I got older. It's like kind of got like noise, like just like noise to me. You know what I mean? I, I mellowed out a bit. Yeah, I mean so, they're, um, they're no Culture Club. I mean for sure. No, no, yeah. No. yeah, yeah I, ra- honestly, yeah, not I'd nearly listen- as good as that. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely. Honestly, I'd rather listen to Culture Club uh, nowadays. Oh. Like I can't. Besides, besides the blackout. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Um, I love. You sound like my friend. You sound like my sound like my friend Soup. Meat and potatoes guy. That's that's <laughs> one of the worst things ever uttered on this show ever. Um, the the format of the Metallica concert's amazing. Um, two nights. Oh god, oh, I hate that shit. All oh, the other bands, I hate even more. Why? Who are the other bands at your show? Not Wolfie. Um, oh no, I don't think so. No, it's like all those weirdos. Five Finger Death Punch, or I don't know, some other weird. Crap. Oh, are you sure? I slay slay uh, Pantera. There's nothing wrong with Pantera, uh, but um, uh, they're all dead. I mean, besides that. Yeah, they're all dead. Yeah. Um, I, did, I did like the one guy, Vinnie Paul. But, I mean, I don't like that kind of music. I like, I like pop rock. You know, so. The um, the uh, Metallica, what I was trying to get at, which you, you, weren't, you didn't hear me, is I like the format of the show, which is it's two nights. There's a different opener every night, and they don't repeat any songs. So right. if you're going to both shows, and for the most part, I know eventually they did – I think end up selling single nights, but for the most part, the idea was you'd buy one ticket, and it was good for both shows, and both shows were different. I love that format. I would love if uh, Pearl Jam would do that, but I I thought right. for sure that Wolfie was opening one of those metal end shows. Yeah, but it could, it could be. I'm I'm just really not that interested. I've grown out of it. So um, I mean, I probably will go tailgate the Sunday show though. So I'll let you know if, if Wolfie's around. If I could get like a fifty dollar ticket, I'll go in. You know, I I. I, I I might get in the mood like I like some of their songs, but like I've grown out of like Metallica and ACDC. Like when I hear that now, I'm like, oh, God, turn that down. You know, like that kind of thing. 
you know, I was just not in the mood for it. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. Really, I don't relate to that at all. Paula, uh, uh-huh. what have you been up to? Uh, let's stop Dave before, while he's ahead. He's saying Culture Club is very Metallica. Not uh, better, so we but cut more, him off. you know, more more for an adult to listen to, you know? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, Paul, Paul, <laughs> you, what, you, and Soup, you and Soup would love each other. Paul, what are you uh, up to on summer vacation, honey? And please don't mention Culture Club. What what are, what are you what are you up to? They're great. They were great. They're, oh, I'm sure they were. Boy George and '80s icon like Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Josh. Right. Okay, Paul. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm getting anxious. Okay. Well, tell us what have you been up to. Um. She's anxious and she's got nothing to say. Cheer, 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 cheer. Cheerleading cheer. started, right? What else? Dance tryouts, dance tryouts. Dance tryouts, cheer. You finished your summer program. Yes. Yep. You've been doing some swimming. Tutoring. You've been doing some swimming. Wow. This is a little story that I don't want to tell anybody, but I got to do it. Okay. So I was swimming at my cousin's house because they have a pool. Yeah. And their friend, Okay. Silas, he, um, he was like, hey, you're nice. I, and I was like, thank you. And he said, can I be your boyfriend? I was like, he wants to be Ooh. your boyfriend? He asked. I was like, yes, but I already have one. Now, here's a band I love yeah. that sings this song for you, Paula. Too young to fall in love. Yeah, exactly. No boyfriends for you. Yeah, well, no boyfriends for you. This kid needs a smack. Yeah. And I already have one that I like. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Ryan. Ah, uh, yeah, that kid's, a, that kid's a jabroni too. Not, not rock and Ryan. The thing I like about Ryan, the thing I like about Ryan though is he doesn't even know you exist. So I like that. He doesn't well, know I exist. Barely. There's, there's this one kid, Ryan, at his school, and all the girls like him, but he doesn't even know about girls. Like he's a cool, you know, eight year old boy who's like, what girls? I don't even know there's girls in the class. He doesn't. Care yeah, less. you're not supposed to like girls. Yeah, he, he, he could care less. I like that about him. We know? used to copy the Three Stooges episode, Woman Haters. That was their, their first short. Yeah, like the woman woman haters club were in first grade. <laughs> yeah, this. But you really is, didn't, you know. Yeah, right <laughs> down that. He, it's, it's, you know, he just he's into baseball and you know, right. Whatever else boys should be doing at that age. So who's the other kid from the pool party? Silas. Ah, kid's a jabroni. I don't want to hear another and, word about him. What else? And uh, it was a whole. It was. It was a huge thing. All right, well, make sure you're talking in the mic. And what else have you done? You went to the Italian festival? Yes. Yeah. We went to the 80s toy store. Got... Yeah. Well, I saw. I heard about the Italian festival on, on uh, Steve Bennett's uh, YouTube show. Yeah, we five got. Five five, brother. Yeah, three by five. We got absolutely. Three by five. We got absolutely scammed at. Should I tell them about the pizzas? Yeah. So we were at Italian Ooh, Fest. I love pizza. So do I. So does Paula. So we're at Italian Fest, and I go up to this one booth, and they have. Uh, it says, you know, pizzas, eight dollars a bag, with anise, without. Obviously, I get with. So I go, oh, you guys got pizzas? I said, who makes them? Who made them? And he goes, oh, Nona made them. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'd love to try your Nona's pizzas. I said, you know, sadly mine died, you know, in '97. Shout but, out to Nona. Yeah, she, she made great ones. So he's like, yeah, 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 okay. So I buy them, eight bucks, no big deal. We bring them home. The second I took a bite in them, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Like, I don't think they don't taste homemade. You know what I mean? Right. So then uh, we eat them, whatever. They're whatever. They weren't great. I remember thinking, like, man, this guy's no, no. I mean, this is a, she's not the best at pizzas. I hope her sauce is better than this. So anyway, so we're at <laughs> we're at our um, Italian meat market, and we're going through there, and we're like, we're Paula's like, oh, we ate off pizzas. We should get some more. So I was like, all right. So we get a box of pizzas, we bring them home. It said the exact same packaging, the exact same. They they weren't made by this guy's Nona. This guy's unless this guy's Nona owns the 
factory in Erie, Pennsylvania that these store-bought cookies came from uh, that, that we got ripped off. And it's so, Nona, I'm out of my head about without you. It's so girls, annoying, girls, too, because if you would have just said, look it, they're store-bought, I would have said, okay, cool, I'll buy them. You know what I mean? I just don't like being lied to like that. That's a low-dog right. thing. But, yeah, we've been uh, having a good summer in Buffalo, too. We went to Italian Fast. We went to Canal Fast, which is a... Uh, Another festival. We live in North Tonawanda, and then there's also a Tonawanda, and they, they have like a, there's a bridge that separates them, and they have a festival that's on both sides of the bridge. It's like a little cool. carnival and stuff. We went to that. Daddy did the scrambler with. Yeah, me and Paul oh, the scrambler. That was funny you fun. said that. Yeah, we have uh, we went on an indoor scrambler. Oh, scrambler. nice. It's called a pol- poltergeist, Daddy and they, they light you. Uh, uh, it's all like uh, strobe lights and lights oh, flashing. Sweet. It's been there for years in Seaside. Yeah, so I went on a scrambler too, Paula. Yeah. We both did. Maybe it's at the same time. They did run it a little too long, though. <laughs> like the last, <laughs> like seven or eight times around. I'm like, okay, we get it. You know, like we, we have done the scrambler. Thank you. Uh, it's time to move on. But um, we had a good time. And oh my God, did I OD on Zeppelis at these festivals? <laughs> I love Zeppeli and especially at Italian Fest. I ate so much oh, yeah. freaking Zeppeli. But it's been a good summer. Um, we've been meaning to get to episodes. We haven't even mentioned here tonight. We're going to do 1994 Bash at the Beach. This is episode 42, I should mention, the 40th 24-inch uh, right. podcast. We're going to do Hogan Flair, Bash at the Beach. We're going to do the whole thing. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, quickly, though, Paul and I over the summer have been watching and checking in, and I know, Dave, you have as well, on these Dark Side episodes. Um, now, they do have Dark Side of the 2000s now, and there's going to be a Howard Stern versus Open Anthony uh, episode I'm looking forward to. But uh, the wrestling one, we have seen a couple good ones of our guys, Dave. Junkyard Dog, mm-hmm. um, Adrian Adonis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned another one, too, Dave. What was it? Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it yet. It was just two nights ago. But yeah, I'm- and of course, uh, Tam- I think we already talked about right Tammy. About- Tammy, Tammy, Tammy yeah. Sitch. And there Candido. was a... There was another one about someone I didn't know that well that was kind of a sleeper episode that I thought was pretty good. Magnum TA, maybe? Eh, no, that one was pretty good, but I knew Magnum. The Grand, Grand Brothers? Grand Brothers, that's what it was. Right. Yeah. I thought there should have been a little more about Dr. Jerry in there because he was a wild one. And he's Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler of all time, my father's favorite wrestler of all time. But, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but they didn't have much about him. It's so strange. It's, it's, everybody knows he's Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler of all time. He used to drive around a convertible with him. Vince, Vince dyed his hair blonde. And uh, Vince Senior would get would get mad because <laughs> Dr. Jerry Graham was wild, but they never properly put Dr. Jerry Graham in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame, but it's that oh that Remember other they were wing, yep, the um, wing, the, yeah. the, uh, where they don't get the proper. You know, I, there's a name for, it, but they they stopped doing that too. So I was hoping like maybe like Hercules and guys like that could get in that way, but they stopped doing that too. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's, 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 I can't even tell you who went in. The Steiner brothers was that this year? Atlanta. You know what's getting worse and worse, brother? The freaking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because they, oh, they God, won't yeah, put they won't put like you know, metal bands in and things like that. Like they're like I think Eminem was the headliner this year. Oh, jeez, I got it. That's one of my most hated of all time. Yeah. Besides uh maybe maybe more than the Beastie Boys. Now that the um nineties bands that they're willing to put in are in like there's like that's it you know what i mean like there if anyone from 90s back who's going to be in i think is in at this point so now yeah. so now the in the 2000s and beyond i mean it's just it's horrible music but yeah i've liked the uh dark sense paul what'd you think of the adonis and 
Junkyard Dog uh, documentaries. Do you think those were pretty good? Good. The Adonis, of course, was from Buffalo. So there was some really cool um, talk about his his life in Buffalo. And I'll just always say, like, that's one of the most tragic wrestler deaths just because he had so much career still in front of him. Yeah, and I thought it was really really cool of Brett to go to his uh, funeral. Or his wake, uh, being that how much the WWF was on the road July. Yeah. He must have really had to switch flights up and maybe take a night off or something, you know, to get. I know Hulk, Hulk and Macho Man went to Andre's wake in 93, but they weren't full on a full time schedule. Hulk actually wasn't even back yet in January 93, and Macho Man was doing do mostly commentary. Uh, so, you know, that's tough to, to get. Brett was full time, you know, in, in um, 88, but he made it to the Adorable Ones uh, funeral. Yeah, that's wild. Um, but, yeah, some sad stuff. I mean, JYD is really sad. There was a little bit too much race baiting, I thought, in the JYD one. Yes, yes there was. Yes. Um, but these guys, the darks, they can't help themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, they're, they're snowflakes or whatever. Yeah, was. and I knew that it would happen. So I, I just kind of ex- like accepting it and because and, I knew that's that's what it would be. When they, pull, they, they pulled up to that one guy's house, uh, the – Hardcore wrestler. I actually ended up enjoying it. It was from a couple seasons ago. But they were doing I – can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was really, really hard, hardcore wrestler. Not New Jack? And no, 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 nobody of that caliber. Okay. Yeah, this guy's more underground. It's okay. a guy who he, ro- he robbed a bank. Oh. And I, I know who it is, but it's on tip of my tongue. But anyway, they said when they pulled up to his house, they were frightened to ring the doorbell because of the Trump flag outside. Oh, please. It's like, dude, come on already. Yeah. Holy crap, Give me man! A break. Yeah, and even I can't remember if it was Conrad interviewing them or even like he's even like, oh. like Jesus Christ! Yeah, come on, grow a set already. Nick Gage, Nick G- Cage, yeah, Nick Cage. Oh, it's so pronounced was, Cage, yeah. but spelled with a G, huh? Oh, maybe Gage. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Hardcore Nick. We're missing something from my summer thing. Okay, what's that, Paul? I wasn't looking at the spelling this of it. This is probably <laughs> it's not 80s and wrestling, but okay. I did go to see the new Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. How was that? I heard it was trash. It was amazing. Uh, I heard it was garbage. Okay. I saw uh, National Lampoon's Vacation 40th anniversary. I'd rather see that, Dave. Beach oh. off. Like, beach instead of beat you up. Beach oh. off. Because Ken's job is beach so it was like a joke. It was. Oh, okay. You, kid. Good thing that I'm going to force you to make go and see it, because the only reason why you're going to go and see it is because of Wolfie. Oh, because, yeah, Wolfie did play some of the music on it. So. Oh, is that a kid's, a kid's movie? It's not. And that's one oh, of the big not? criticisms of it is, like, it was marketed to daughters, to, to, like, people like Tammy bringing their daughter. You know, like, that's the whole theater, I guess. But it's a PG-13 movie, and, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, It's whatever. She liked I don't it. Know much about it. So yeah. whatever, but it's not for us, Dave. Yeah. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, we are going to talk about. We're gonna do Sherry's bio tonight uh, because we've already done Flair, and they thought it'd be a good time to do Sherry as she's outside the ring with Flair. So we'll talk a little bit about Sherry. We'll talk about the arena, the Orlando Arena, where the event is. Uh, and then Dave will tell us where Hulk was in '94. And I'm gonna talk about a show for any girls who are watching this, and their dad is forcing them to do it. There's a show that can save them. Okay, what show is that? I'll talk about it next. She'll talk about it next segment. All right, so there's a little, uh, a little um, teaser from Paula there. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I think we're good. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back um, with the B Block. Uh-huh. 
sportscasters, 24-inch podcast listeners, your favorite podcast host, Steve Bennett, has a new show. It's 3x5 with Steve Bennett. New episodes every Tuesday, and this time it's on YouTube. Search North-South Connection on YouTube for the show. Each week, three lists of five each episode. Like, comment, subscribe. It's 3x5 with Steve Bennett. All right, 24-inch podcast, we are back. Paula, Dave, and Steve with you here tonight. Bash at the Beach, 1994. I think this is, what, our second or third WCW show we've ever done, Dave? Uh, this would be the second. We did uh, Bash at the Beach, 96, uh, Hogan's heel turn, about two summers ago. Okay, all right, all right. And this is our 40th episode, uh, and we're going to get things started with a bio. Let's do Sherry Martell. Uh, of course, we've done Ric Flair before, um, so we're going to do Martel. She's the uh, uh, Flair's you know, manager in this match. And uh, Sherry is born Sherry Lynn Russell, February 8th, 1958. So she's about one year younger or older than my mother. Uh, born in Birmingham, Alabama, she died June 15, 2007 at age 49 in McCullough, Alabama of a drug overdose. She had one child. That would make for a good dark side of the ring, Sherry. It would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ring oh. names. Listen to these ring names. Peggy Sue, Queen Sherry, Scary Sherry, Sensational Sherry, Sensuous Sherry. Sensuous. Sherry Martell, Sherry Martine, and Sister Sherry. 5'7", uh, 132 or so, billed from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, trained by Donna Cristinello and the Fabulous Moolah. She debuted in 1980 and retired in 2006. Um, she was introduced to professionally wrestling as a child when her mother took her and her sister to shows in Mississippi. Their mother initially asked them whether they wanted to attend a wrestling show or go to ice skating. Uh, in 74, Martel <coughs> approached the fine gentleman, Grizzly Smith, who I'm sure had pure intentions in that meetup, <laughs> for advice on becoming a wrestler, but he questioned her conviction and told her to come back to him in 1980 when she was an adult. All right. Well, that was at, you know nice of him. Yeah. Uh, she eventually married her second husband and gave birth to a son named Jared. But she soon divorced her husband. During this time, she began, became interested in becoming a professional wrestler and sought training from Mr. Personality Butch Moore in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, she started wrestling as Sherry Martin, but she decided... Uh, she needed more training, and she continued to train at Mula's school, where Mula changed her name to Sherry Martel and sent her to wrestle in Japan in 1981. Now, a lot of people thought she was married to Rick Martel. In the yeah, of that. yeah, I did, I that think. Was big, big rumor. Yeah, yeah. It was a rumor. Uh, Mula claimed that Martel frequented nightclubs and liked to party, which resulted oh, yeah. in Mula kicking her out of the school. Uh, after leaving the school, she traveled back to Tennessee. In Memphis, she was managed by Jim Cornette. During a mixed battle royal, she suffered an injury 
that removed her from wrestling temporarily. Uh, but then she worked as both a wrestler and manager for Pat Rose and Tom Pritchard. Uh, between 85 and 87, she was in Vergania's AWA. Uh, Larry Zabisco helped get her the gig there. Uh, she debuted on September 28, 85 at Super Clash in Chicago. She defeated Ch- uh, Candy Devine for the AWA World Women's Championship. Uh, she traded the belt on and off uh, with Devine uh, and won it for a third and final time eventually uh, at the Battle of the Bay. Uh, Mattel, however, only had the title briefly before she vacated it. Um, and then um, she debuted in the WWF in 1987 as well. Uh, Jesse Ventura is the one who hooked her up with that gig. Uh, and oh, she, I never knew that. Yeah, she debuted yes, July 24th, 1987 by defeating her former teacher, the Fabulous Mula, for the Women's Championship. Uh, looks pretty good in that match in that pink and blue. Uh, yeah, outfit. she's actually really pretty. Paula mentioned yeah. it today when we were watching this, the Bash at the Beach. She's like, Scary Sherry actually looks really pretty in that dress. She was a really pretty lady, to be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Nice body, too. Yeah. Really nice body. Renaming herself Sensational Sherry, she reigned as a women's champion for 15 months before she lost it to Rock and Robin in October of 88 in Paris. At the Survivor Series in 87, her team consisted of Martel, the Glamour Girls, Don Marie, and Donna Cristinello, another one of her teachers. Uh, a couple but, of Barracudas there you just named. Yeah, they lost to the Fabulous Moolah's team consisting of Moolah, Velvet McIntyre, Rockin' Robin, and the Jumpin' Bomb Angels. Uh, when the WWE phased out the women's division, she remained with the company and turned her attention to managing. Um, she managed, you know, Randy Savage. Um, she managed, she took over really for Elizabeth after WrestleMania five, when Elizabeth went off, off TV, she stepped in there. She also managed, she was the first manager of Shawn Michaels. Um, and, uh, who else, Dave? She had a couple other clients here and there in the WWF, correct? Oh yeah. She went from, um, the Savage was the first one. Then right. DiBiase. DiBiase. Michaels. Yep. Yeah. Michaels. She uh she did a really great job, I thought, at SummerSlam. Uh, was it SummerSlam '92 when she, you know, th- she was like the yeah, Rick Martel against Shawn Michaels? Yeah, no, no hitting in the face. No hitting in the face, guys. and she was That's like pa- passed out, and they're carrying her away, but she was faking yeah, it. Had, yeah, she had her butt out. That that's like I remember I was like 12 years old, and it was like, whoa, it's like you know they didn't show that kind of stuff on wrestling back then. And there's a couple shots you could pause on a VCR too of when uh, <laughs> when, Mar- when Martel would pick her up, you know, a 12 year old boy. Yeah, well, hell you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> it wasn't like today. We didn't have, uh, you know. No, 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 no. Unlimited, not, not one bit. Unlimited corn on our cell phones, as they say. I stay up late, watch HBO at yeah. night, or the, the squiggly or lines. That or SummerSlam '92. <laughs> yeah, the squiggly lines on Playboy <laughs> Channel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was released from the WWF during the summer. Two reasons have been given, been given for her departure. Her decision to enroll in cosmetology school and failed drug tests. Uh, she bounced around in the indies a little bit then. USWA, Smoky Mountain, Eastern Championship Wrestling, you know, the early days of ECW. Um, and then she signed with uh, World Championship Wrestling in 1994. Originally, the plan was for her to manage Kevin and Dave Sullivan. Kevin and Dave Sullivan against Missy Hyatt and the Nasty Boys. Uh, but Hyatt was fired 
Um, so they went with no managers. She finally made her debut on April 23rd, WCW Saturday Night, under the name Sensuous Sherry. In an interview with Gene Oakland, she said her goal is to find a man that could bring her the heavyweight championship. She was at ringside during Slamboree on May 22nd during the WCW championship match between Flair and Wyndham. On June 24th, the title unification match took place at Clash of the Champions. Uh, Ric Flair won, and um, she went with Flair, basically. Woo! Yep. At Bash of the Beach, Martel. Saw that coming a a mile away. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, we get to Bash at the Beach. Um, So that's kind of where we usually leave them off as where we were. We will say that um, to kind of put a bow on things. Um, post post wrestling by 2003, she was living in Tennessee with her husband Robert Schroll, um, where she helped him renovate houses. So she was flipping houses at the end of her her life. She was married and divorced at least twice. We said she had one son, Jared. Um, then sadly, on June 15, 2007, she died at her mother's residence in McCullough near Birmingham. She was 49 years old on September 11th. Terrible. 2007, homicide investigators in Tuscaloosa released a toxicology report stating she died of an overdose with multiple drugs in her system, including high amounts of oxycodone, which is Percocet. Uh, She was cremated after her death. So that's terrible. Very sad. Rest in peace. She was was a great career. One of the great. She was all banged up. She went in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2006. Thank God. And during her during her speech, you could tell she was she was perked up to the gills, brother. You could tell, Paul, but uh, it was still it was still a very entertaining speech. So, any thoughts on Sherry? Scary Sherry. Anything to say on her? Any thoughts on her? What do you think of her when you watch her? You think she's pretty good? Think she's pretty bad? What do you, any any opinions on Sherry? Two words: terrifying. <laughs> she's terrifying. Okay. Very you good. think I, she may be the greatest woman woman in wrestling history? I mean, Mula, but she wasn't. She was fading away when we were getting into it. She's you know, certainly she's, on Mula's the list. Mula's kind of like yeah. Mula's kind of like the Bruno. You know what I mean? Right. I would compare her more like the Bruno, where Sherry's kind of more like like the Hogan. You know, I yeah, mean, she's got she's got to be right there, unless I'm not thinking of somebody. For our era, there's a very short. Like, yeah, it's a short list, right? I mean, it's her. It's Liz Elizabeth, yeah. And then you know, if you want to give a little bit Medusa. of bump, yeah, a little bit of a bump maybe to the uh, WrestleMania one girls too. I mean, yeah, because yeah, of Lonnie how Kai. big that was. But yeah, I still count like Sunny in our era. You know okay, I mean? yeah, got people like that. You know, all through eighties and nineties. You know, it wasn't until two thousands I consider not no longer our era. Remember that night when Sunny was about to do you, and then it, her friend, your friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, well, I don't know which direction of it really uh, yeah, gonna I, go in. I think it was. I, mean, I think she was seconds away. From, oh, yeah. well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. That hit our archives for that story. Yeah, I think it was the last episode too. All you right, let's go too far back. Amway Arena, originally known as Orlando Arena and later the TD Waterhouse Center, was an indoor arena located in Orlando, Florida. It was part of the Orlando Centroplex, a sports and entertainment complex located in downtown Orlando. The arena was the former home of the Orlando Magic of the NBA. Dave, and name me one former Orlando Magic player. Shaquille O'Neal. There you go, buddy. I laid it up for you on a, on a T. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's on the card tonight. <laughs> and the Orlando Titans of the NLL also. Uh, it was home of the Orlando Solar Bears 
of the IHL Hockey League and the Orlando. Oh, the IHL. I love that. Dave, one of Dave's favorite leagues. And the Orlando Predator. So a lot of minor league sports. And then, of course, the Magic. Uh, the arena was closed in 2010 and demolished um, in 2012. Uh, it was it opened in '89, um, and for basketball, it held about uh, anywhere from fifteen thousand to seventeen thousand, depending on the year. There was a renovation um, later in the in the life of the arena, a little bit more for wrestling, eighteen thousand four thirty two, uh, fifteen thousand nine hundred for hockey concerts. At the end stage, you got seventeen thousand seven hundred. Center stage, 18,000. Uh, they broke ground in January of 87. It opened in January of 89, closed in September of 2010. $110 million or $260 million in 2022 dollars to make it. Uh, let's see. Let's see some of the events it hosted. We talked about the tenants. Uh, we talked about the renovation. Um, but what about the events? The 1990 SEC's Men's Basketball Tournament as well as early rounds of the NCAA tournament in the mid-90s, the 42nd annual NBA All-Star Game in 1992. Game one also, of, back, going back to 1990, uh, the Royal Rumble. Yes, yeah, I'm sure, we'll get, I'm sure that's got to be listed here. Um, the Game 1 of the 1995 NBA Finals and 2 um, between the Magic and the Rockets, which the Rockets, of course, won in five games in Houston. Um, what else do we have here? A bunch of basketball stuff with the Magic. Uh, figure skating championships in 92. During the 93-94 NHL season, the Tampa Bay Lightning played five of their home games at the arena. Probably just trying to get some support for Tampa Bay in Orlando. Uh, on October 8th, 2008, um, Dave's favorite politician, Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama, held a major outdoor rally immediately outside the ar arena that had 50,000 supporters. Um, additional speakers at the rally were Dave's other favorite, Hillary Clinton and mm. Bill Nelson. Uh, let's see, other we'll events. I'll give, we'll give old Bill a break. I never heard of him. Other events. R.E.M. performed here on 4-30-89. Uh, songs from this and previous night's concert at Miami Arena were broadcast on Westwood One. I only uh, like their songs if they're about Andy Kaufman. Man, that's a, I like that too. That man in the there's at least two, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's uh the man on the moon, and then there's the great beyond. I think is the other one. Yeah, great, great beyond's a great song. Yeah, great song. Many professional wrestling pay per views have been held here, including the 1990 Royal Rumble, Tonight Show, the 1994 WC Bash at the Beach, and Armageddon 2003. On March 29th, 2008, the WWE held their Hall of Fame induction there. Uh, How about that? In conjunction with WrestleMania, which was at the Citrus Bowl. Um, I wonder who the Hall of Fame... Ric Flair. People were. That was Ric Flair's class? Mm-hmm. Woo! Let's see. 08. Let's see who else was there. Class of 08. Ric Flair. High Chief Pete Maivia. Soul Man Rocky Johnson. So the Rock's relatives. Rock right. in, in, inducted them. Uh, May Young. Eddie Graham and Gordon Soley. So not the best underclass. No, so. not at all. Yeah, I could probably name better people who aren't in the Hall of Fame. They all deserve it, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like it's you need a weak to class, bigger so. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, many Orange County Public High Schools had their graduation there. And the final event, Dave. So you have this historic arena, right? 
And, you know, I mean, other arenas, like I was lucky enough to be at the Philadelphia Spectrum. It closed with four Pearl Jam shows. You know, um, what we talked about the Meadowlands. You know, I forget who it was. Maybe Springsteen, whatever. You find the Meadowlands, it was nothing. It was just like out of nowhere. Oh, because they closed it early, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, SummerSlam was actually supposed to be there that year. Yeah. On the next Sportscasters, Fred Mangione is going to be on. Yeah, I actually heard some of that already. And uh, Tim sent it to me. Yeah, he told the story of how they got SummerSlam was that the Meadowlands abruptly closed. He called, found out it went to bid, and did the pitch up at Stanford, and that's how they got it. But this arena day for their final event, So You Think You Can Dance Tour on September 30th, 2010. I was going to say Disney on Ice since it's Orlando. A historic night there. I mean, if anytime you can get the So You Think You Can Dance Tour in town to shut down an arena, you got to do it. I'm not even sure if I know what that is. <laughs> it was like a like a reality show. like like uh, okay. Dancing with the Stars, but not stars, I guess. All the spinoffs and stuff. Like yeah, some shit like that. All right, one more thing to do in this segment, and that is Dave's area of expertise. Where's Hulk, Dave, in July of 1994? Okay, brother, it's going to be a a little different this time. I'm going to take you down how Hulk wound up in WCW and bring you up to July of 1994. We're going to start way back in December of 1993. Now, at this time, a young Hollywood Dave Rollins is waiting for Hulk Hogan to come back to the WWF thinking he's going to come back for WrestleMania 10 like he did for WrestleMania 9, maybe show back up in January or February. So, I'm not watching WCW at all. So, later that day, a uh, cold December day, 1993, my friends John Bredemus, who's still a great friend of mine to this day, what's up, John Bredemus, another guy by the name of Joe Gresh, Came over to my house, uh, I guess Superstars was on at noon or whatever. Like, dude, Mean, mean Gene was ready in WCW. He got there in September of 93, or October of 93. And um, they're like, dude, Mean Gene said in the control center that Hulk Hogan's doing a project with Sting and maybe in talks with WCW. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I mean, you guys are busting my balls. I'm like, WrestleMania 10's at the Garden. I already got my tickets. He'll, he'll be back. He Come on. I'm like, they're like, no, man. So I watched WCW Saturday night that night. And yep, he says it like, what? So they don't really mention Hulk again. But then on March 14th, they did this a week before WrestleMania 10 on purpose, I think. So you knew he wouldn't be at WrestleMania 10. Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene visit Hulk on a set of Thunder in Paradise. And Bobby Heenan basically challenges him for uh, for Ric Flair. It's actually a pretty cool promo. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. It was on March 14th, WCW, Saturday night. May of 94, uh, Heenan and uh, Mean Gene visit him again on the set of Thunder in Paradise. I know Tugboat's there as a Shockmaster, maybe Jim Neidhart, because you would always have wrestlers on and stuff. Then you started seeing stuff in the uh, aftermags, the PWIs. Or is Ric Flair bringing Hulk Hogan to the WWF? I remember the one cover. They're looking at each other. we got contract and stuff. But then finally, on June 11th, there's a ticker tape parade in Disney World with Hulk Hogan announcing that he is that's signing a contract yeah, that's with WCW. He signs the contract. Mean Gene's there. Jimmy Hart's there. You know, it's a, it's a big ordeal. He's driving his Dodge. He's in his Dodge Viper, posing and all and stuff. And I was, I was all for it, but... It's like, dude, this is WCW. Like, they need to change the ring to the red, white, and blue ropes. Like, I, 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 I hate want this the to ropes. be WWF. Yep. Now, yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I, I'm like, I don't know. And like the, the, the theme music generally sucked and stuff. I'm like, they better change, start making some changes. All right, so we're going to move forward a couple of weeks. Uh, June 23rd, the WCW Clash of the Champions in North Charleston, South Carolina. Hulk Hogan arrives with a big limo, uh, in a big limo with all like trucks around him, a, a motorcade, you would call it. And Bobby Heenan goes, wait a minute, I saw this on TV the other night, referencing the O.J. Simpson chase. <laughs> yeah. So um, Hogan gets there, and uh, the, the theme song American Made is debuted, which I do really love. It's no real American, but if, if it had to be anything else, I'll take American Made. I still crank it a lot to these days. It has the same beat as real American, and I am a fan. I don't like that beginning of it, so when they cut that part out, he's American. That part's stupid. Cut that part out, I like the song. So Hogan does, you know, his big interview, challenging Flair. And then later that night, Sting and Flair unify the WCW international title and the WCW title. They have one championship, like there should be. And Hulk does a run in there and helps Sting out. At the end, uh, Flair wins the match. He wins the title. But Hulk does a run in at the end. You know, crowd's popping. It's, uh, everything's looking good. I'm happy. I believe that night, I actually, crazy as this may sound, I had to program this. And not watch it live because I, it was either my eighth grade graduation or dance, one or the other. But I'm like of all of all times, you know what I mean? Okay, July 9th, we're gonna do a live WCW Saturday night at Atlanta Center Stage Arena, uh, and Hulk Hogan saves Sting once again to match with Ric Flair, and that finally takes us to our big show, Bash at the Beach, 1994, 14,000, almost a sellout, not quite, but almost, and it's WCW's. Biggest gate by far up to this point as Hulk Hogan takes uh, challenges the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the title. We're going to get break that all down for you in just a few uh, few short minutes. Love it. Great breakdown. Good job providing the background there. I didn't know most of that. I didn't Thank know you, I didn't know Hulk had went until I saw the the parade. And I, I think actually I think they might have shown it on Sports Center actually. Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty big deal. He, yeah. he did the, he did, the, he did Leno, he did Regis, and they, they were all just WWF guys. There had never been w, there were WCW guys on Family Feud once before Hulk went there, but they were w, Regis was strictly WWF guys. Yeah, you know uh, Leno, what is it, whatever Letterman, WWF. You know what I mean? Uh, well, that's not the case for Letterman because of Jerry Lawler and Andy Hulk Kaufman. Changing but the game, yeah. quite wild. Hulk changing yeah, the but, game like you always do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. And uh, what a story I'm going to tell later when we start breaking into card about how I watched this live that uh, Bash Beach that night. All right. In that, in the spirit of that, then let's take a break. We'll come right back. We're going to do the Bash at the Beach 1994, and we're going to read the news uh, from July of 1994. So we right. will Four inch podcast. We are back. Bash at the beach, nineteen ninety four. We're gonna get to it in a second, but first, it's time to read the news.
right, Dave, July of 1994. The news time. The summer of the summer of OJ. The summer of OJ. Yes, indeed. And the summer I had my first ever job. All right. I had already been working since. I don't know. Let's see. This is in between eighth and ninth grade for us, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't start my first job until September of that year then. So a little bit. I had, I had to go. I worked for the Board of Health. I had to go ring ring people's doorbells that didn't have licenses for their dog. <laughs> they oh, had nice. like a list. Yeah. All right. Crazy. Let's start July 2nd, 94. John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh. And Christina Elliott arrested for domestic battery. <laughs> I remember Bobbitt uh, had his unit cut off. Was this before, before or after? Probably after. I, I'm sure the investigation came down, you know, and they arrested both of them. He's half, Stone Temple Pilots went on tonight. Saw him about him. He's half half the man he used to be. Yep, half the man I used to be. All <laughs> right, let's see what else do we got? Wimbledon, Dave. Uh, Wimbledon. Conchita Martinez upsets Martina Navratilova in straight sets to win her only major. Probably why I'd never heard of her. Uh, what else? Oh, big month here, Dave. The World Cup is in the United States of America. Yes, and I was i was actually, we had a, a, a ticker tape parade here in Kearney, New Jersey, because uh, some of our guys yeah. from Kearney were in it, and they interviewed me They interviewed me on TV. And I was cutting a promo about Bash to Beach and, and, and Channel 9, so it was Channel 9, WOR, and how they show wrestling, but they edited it out so much that I'm just talking about soccer. And, and like, <laughs> it, it worked, and it worked, too. It was like, like I knew what I was talking about, and I cared. But they actually showed me, of all people, <laughs> on the WOR News. Yeah. Carney is Soccer Town USA. Uh, yeah. The FIFA World Cup in a huge upset. Romania eliminates Argentina 3-2 to two from the round of 16 at the Rose Bowl um, in Pasadena, California. Also on July 3rd, the deadliest day in Texas traffic history, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety, 46 people. Died in car accidents on this day. It just seems ridiculous. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's insane. Was that what, what like one big pile up? I don't think so. No. Random accidents. Uh. Yeah, I think just across the state. Mama oh my mia. goodness. Yeah, mama. Yeah, mia really, mama, right. mama mia. Uh, July third, the men's Wimbledon final. Pete Sampras successfully defends his title in straight sets. Uh, the great, um, the great Pete Sampras. July fourth, great Pete Sampras. July fourth. The birthday of the U.S. and the U.S.A. on home soil has a chance to beat the great Brazilian team at Stanford Stadium. But Bibeto strikes and saves Brazil from the embarrassment uh, to win one nothing. But a good, uh, good job by the U.S. team in that match. There you go. Uh, July 5th, one of Dave's favorite albums of the 90s. Certainly one that I'm sure he's still willing to listen to. Uh, Cracked Review by Hootie and the Blowfish is released. Um, I, I got that for my mom for a birthday that year, or whatever year they were big that yeah. summer. That, that summer. Uh, eh, nah. No. I like their, uh, I like um, uh, Darius Rucker. Um, they do a country Motley Crue album, and, he, and he, he does Time for Change, and me and Tim are obsessed with it. Right. Uh, he does a really, really good job, job with that. But uh, no, I was never really big uh, Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Handsome. Is that right? Is that right? I can, I can hear you. Well, not then, but now. Like now, you like Culture Club, you know, Hanson. Oh, Culture Club's the '80s icon, brother. That's different. Hanson. Who do you focus? Not 
Oh. Aiden uh, Hansen is and and Booty and Blowfish is nineties. Oh, new kids, on, new kids on the block then. New kids on the block and a boy George. Boy George is for adults. <laughs> July fifth. It's on block for little little girls. This is a big one. July fifth. Amazon.com is founded in Bellevue, Washington, by Jeff Bezos. So imagine what that would turn out to be. Yeah. Wish I could go back and buy buy some stock in it right then, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, The United States announces it will no longer accept unrestricted immigration from Haiti uh, on July 5th. July 6th. Poor Haiti. That's a Haiti kid retired that day. He did. July 6th, one of the great movies of all time, directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks and Robin White and Gary Sinise. Is released. It was named Academy Awards Best Picture in 1995. That film is Dave Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump released. I went and seen it that day. Yeah, yeah the, me too. I don't know about that day, but yeah, I saw it in the theater for sure. Yeah, that a doubt. Yeah, remember going bunch right of us. There. Oh, here he is, Dave. <clears throat> Attention, Tim Mangione. All right, July 8th. The preliminary trial rules. There's enough evidence to have a trial for O.J. Simpson. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. And that would be in the news, as they say. <laughs> the next. Uh, that the- sick, sick man. And I'm not talking about OJ Simpson. <laughs> uh, July- Just kidding. Just kidding, Tim. July 9th, 11,000th home run in New York Yankees history is hit by the great Matt Noakes. Oh, good. Thank God you didn't ask me that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, who- I didn't know who he shit. was. So yeah. <laughs> I, wanted to be- I wanted to be fair if I don't know who he is. July 12, 1994, Paula's mother's 12th birthday or 14th birthday. Oh, um, yeah. Happy so, birthday. Well, five years before we would meet. Uh, the 65th All-Star Baseball game, the AL wins um, at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. Uh, the MVP, Fred McGriff of the Atlanta Braves. Well, I have heard of him. The crime dog just went in the Hall of Fame. Uh, July awesome. 13th, Tanya Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli is sentenced to two years in prison for an attack on Olympic figure skater named Nancy Kerrigan. There you go. Nancy Kerrigan. Very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. If there's action involved, brother, I'm going to know it. You know, July 15th, hundreds of thousands of Hudists flee to Zari in the Congo near the end of the Rwandan genocide. Oof. Isn't this podcast in English? I don't know. I understand a few of those words. It sounds bad, though. It sounds like a bad time for whoever is in there. Um, yeah, it was a creepy picture. July 16th, the three tenors, uh, Domingo, Carreras, and Pavarotti, perform with the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra and chorus of the Los Angeles Opera. Um, at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, an estimated 1.3 billion viewers watch the worldwide broadcast wow and where was that where was that broadcast uh worldwide wcw worldwide it's on just the worldwide <laughs> station <laughs> please tune your television into the uh into the station. no hogan would tell you it was on wcw worldwide because he, he he's in wcw now brother makes sense <laughs> makes sense uh let's see July 16th, an interesting one. The Shreveport Pirates lose their first Canadian Football League home game, 35-34, to the Toronto Argonauts at Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yes, at one point, 
the CFL tried to expand into the United States. It, it didn't work out. Hmm. All right. This is the one I was hoping not to come across, but here it is. Uh, July 17th, the FIFA World Cup final in the Rose Bowl of Pasadena, California. Brazil beats Italy 3-2 to two on penalties after a 0-0 extra time. Uh, Roberto Baggio uh, is the decisive penalty taker and sells the ball over the goal uh, for Brazil to get the win. Uh, I was watching this. I've told this story on the sportscasters many times. Yeah, I, don't, I heard, don't know I heard it on 3x5. And 3x5. I don't know if I told it here, but was watching this with my bisnona, so my great-grandmother, and she was sort of sitting in the room behind me. I was I used to sit like right in front of the TV and I would like lay on my back and actually put my feet on the like bottom part of the TV because TVs back then were these giant pieces of furniture. And, yeah. you know, the TV itself was probably only like maybe 40 percent of it was the screen. And then there was all this wood and, you know, a giant thing. And I would lay and I put my feet on there and I put my hands behind my head and I'd watch it. Um, and my grandmother was sitting like behind me, kind of like in the back part of the room. And I, I knew she was there, but she would always say she couldn't hear. She couldn't see. So I didn't think she was watching the game at all or whatever. I, I don't know. I figured she's probably sleeping, whatever. And as Italy went, loses, I, I go to turn around and I'm going to go and tell my mom, oh, Italy lost. And I see that she's crying. I mean, tears are just running down her eyes. And I assume something's wrong with her because, again, I think there's no way she's watching the game. Um, and I said, Grandma, what's wrong? And she said, uh, oh, I'm just so sad for Italy. They love so much. They kick, kick, they whack, whack the ball. They kick all day. They love so much. Italy is so sad. I'm so sad for Italy. He told me this story a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. This is one of I've, heard it, I've heard it before, too. Yeah, this is one of those, <laughs> one of those you go to. But, uh, yeah, so a sad day. Uh, also the day of our event. Yeah, sir. yeah. Hulk Hogan beats Ric Flair to win the WCW Championship, as they say. Is that right? in, is that in the news? That is right below it. Pro wrestling. Nice, news. nice, yeah. nice. Uh, July eighteenth, "Kiss from a Rose" by Seal is released. Big Tim Mangio, big fan of that song. We have an inside joke with that. Uh, let's see. My eyes, do? my eyes do become large when it snows around here. Oh, very nice. Uh, the Houston Astros tied the NL comeback record, trailing ten nothing. They beat the Cardinals fifteen to twelve. Uh, the New York Jets, they signed USA soccer goalkeeper and Carney native Tony Miola. Yes, as, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As, as a place kicker. I don't think that worked out. No, no, it didn't work <laughs> out long. His cousin still lives down the block from me. It's, I know Tony. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. on July 19th, the Seattle Kingdom had to cancel a baseball game. What? It doesn't rain in the dome, but tiles were falling from the ceiling. Wild. So they had to cancel the game so nobody got cracked with a tile. Uh, July. Lionel Richie must have been dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, attention, Tim Mangione again. July twentieth, former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor O.J. Simpson offers five hundred thousand dollar reward for evidence of his ex killer's wife. Smartasses everywhere call the number to tell him to look in the mirror. <laughs> you know what do you think about that, Steve? I, I think he definitely was involved. Oh, he did. But, Get out of but here. he, I, I think he he was involved and yeah, planned it, did it. But I don't think. He wouldn't have more than a little scratch on his finger with the guy. With the other guy there, would have been fighting for his life. OJ would have been all scratched up. You know what I mean? Yeah, a but OJ's got the that. giant knife. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he had a little bit of help there. His blood. You know, a little is, bit. I, I think there might have been a run in. His blood is everywhere. 
So Tim says absolutely not. Tim says no, not a chance. He's one hundred percent innocent. Yeah, Tim's in dreamland. Uh, <laughs> July twenty first, Tony Blair is declared the winner of the leadership election of the British Labour Party, paving him paving the way for him to become prime minister three years later in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, July 22nd, Doc Gooden is admitted to the Betty Ford Center for probably one of many, many times. Right. Uh, July 22nd, former running back, broadcaster, and actor. I love how it says that every time. O.J. Simpson pleads absolutely 100% not guilty of murder, a surreal moment that we all watched on TV as he right. put his plea in. Um, good news on July 22nd, Dave. The, the kingdom has been repaired. Oh, good. Yeah, so games may resume. They got, they got Lionel Richie off the ceiling. Yeah, but games can resume, although not for long. Um, uh, oh, we have another update on this Kingdom story. Uh, July 23rd, <laughs> all 40,000 ceiling titles must be replaced. But don't worry, they'll have plenty of time, of course, as the uh, baseball season is not for long at this point. Uh, July 23rd. Oh, yeah, that's where we got Abe Knuckleball Schwartz from. Yeah. July t- 23rd, American dancer, actor, and director Gene Kelly suffers a mild stroke. See, I only read that because I thought it was going to say he died. And at the end, it's, oh, a mild stroke. Like, come on. We're really reporting every time someone yeah, gets right. a mild stroke. Uh, really? July 23rd, Don Mattingly becomes the sixth New York Yankee to get 2,000 hits. Only one Yankee, Dave, has got 3,000 hits. It came after this. Who's that Yankee? Um, oh, yeah. My friend um, Der- uh, Derek Jeter. Atta boy. Yeah. He's on fire He's today, folks. He's he, a friend uh, of yours? He, yeah, he's uh, his. Um, well, I wouldn't call him a close personal friend like Gene Okerlund, but my ex girlfriend, uh, his grandmother, who actually just passed away. But I don't, oh, I don't talk to piece. the girl anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't talk. I don't talk to the girl anymore, but at all. But uh, still, feel bad. But um, uh, they live behind me, the grandmother that passed away, and Derek Jeter's aunt and uncle live next door to them. Oh, so wow. they'd be outside, outside playing catch with them and stuff when they were little, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, wild. Pretty cool. Uh, I was going to think that maybe you, you and him crushed honeys together. Like you would get Sonny, he would get, you know, Mia, you know, Mia Kunis or whoever. He, yeah, you know. no, we, we we lost track of each other. Uh, okay. as I became an adult, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed with your sports. Uh, you know, you're picking uh. them off today, though. All right, here it is, Dave. You may you may uh, get prepared to uh, get the kingdom fixed. Uh, baseball players on July 28th decide. That if all is not settled by August 12th, they will go on strike. And spoiler alert, it was not settled on August 12th. <laughs> uh, July 28th, the last steel beam is placed on Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Might as well burn that Ooh. place to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Dump. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? Just a couple more. and We'll move on. Um, yeah, let's go to July 31st. The New York Yankee shortstop Phil Rizzuto. And Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton are inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Pittsburgh. Only one inductee this year, Dave. I mentioned it earlier, and that was um, Fred McGriff. Fred and, McGriff. And, uh, yeah. I want to throw one more in. You said you're done with uh, the month? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, July 15th, the Thursday before our show, uh, Hulk Hogan uh, testifies for this, uh, against, against Vince McMahon. Yeah, I'm surprised. Trial. I'm really but surprised actually, that wasn't on there. But he actually saves Vince, and Vince came out and lied for his company because he didn't want people to say Hulk Hogan's a nice guy. You know, he, he wanted to paint him as a bad as a bad person, even though Hulk Hogan said, "No, Vince McMahon never forced me to do steroids, never nothing, never, yeah. it was all on my own, and all that." And then then Hulk's outside, 
and uh, you know it, it was on the news. He's like, "Don't forget to watch pay per view on Sunday, brother." You know, it's great. And they go back to the newsroom. Like, yeah, pay per view Sunday. Okay. I am, you know they always have a little snicker on the news when it comes to wrestling. <laughs> I'm really surprised that was not you know featured in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah Best the Beach was. I figured that would be that would be more prominent than a WCW event. You know, yeah, at that time. That's really know? really weird. All right, that is the news for July of 1994. All right, so that was the news, and this is the show, Besh at the Beach 1994, as we said, July 17th of that year. Dave, you got an interesting story about watching this one live, right? Oh, my God, brother. This one's crazy, and it feels like yesterday. Now, now this is Hulk Hogan's return to wrestling, so this is a big day for me. Me, Chet, Anthony Pagano, and Uncle Tito, my parents were down to shore. So just the four of us in my house. And it would say, event, enter, event, enter, it would blink on the box. And you hit event, enter, and order it. It didn't come on. The fr- you know how countless WWF events I ordered? It didn't come on. So Uncle Tito called. They're like, all right, we'll give you your money back. We're like, no, we don't give a shit about the money. Like, it's Hulk Hogan. The people are like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not working. So, something in your area, uh, outage or whatever. Well, what? Uh, so we had to go watch the replay at Anthony Pagano's house. Uh, his mother's house in Nutley because she, she she went to order it, but like like a half hour had already passed and only let her order the replay. So I remember like playing like Sega Genesis, Chet and Anthony, and I'm just losing my mind, like staring at the wall, like uh, <laughs> uh, and, and for some reason, Uncle Tito was upstairs. He was always fixing something, fixing something, and the scrambles were still still on. It just didn't work. But and he heard he heard that Hulk won. He's like, I know who won. Uh, but he wouldn't. But he, but he would. He wouldn't tell us. So we were wow. up to like we're up to like one in the morning. You know, watching but, the replay. Uh, yeah. For us, in, in Nutley, which few towns over, Anthony's mother was uh, nice enough to have us come over for the replay. So this is. Well, I didn't get to see this live. Technically, you know, the same day. But I mean, you know, did Uncle Tito go to Nutley with you guys too? Or? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was I, I was losing it. I'm like, oh, and it's happened again at uh, Starcade '94. Uh, but, it, but two matches in, it came on. So they like they uh, returned um, some of the money. So I didn't care. So I got to see Hulk's match. But mm-hmm. I, I was starting to get like, oh, what's going on with this, pay- with this pay-per-view when it comes to WCW? You know, it, it, it would always give me trouble. Yeah, they didn't have their it. shit together. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Something I but didn't like, know, I- know till today. This was the inaugural bath at the beach. Uh, in 92 and 93, they held the beach blast. Um, but this was the first bash at the beach. Um, this was the in-ring debut for Hulk. Um, Tony Schiavone did play-by-play. Color commentary was split between Heenan and Ventura. Ventura was on the outs with WCW at this time, and he was notably, noticeably missing from the main event. I think this is the last show. Um, Orlando, 14,000. The tagline for the event is Hulk's WCW debut. Uh, mean Gene does the interviewing, and Michael Buffer is there to uh, announce the uh, the main event. Um, let's get into the card here. Two dark matches. Uh, Molly McShane with Ron Diaz defeated the Sassy Boys, Fez Watley and Fast Eddie with Ron Bennington. Uh, Fez Watley and Ron Bennington are radio DJs. Ron and Fez. Right? Yeah, Ron and Fez. And now Bennington does a show with his daughter. Um it's called Bennington's because there's two of them. 
Um, this was a handicap match with Jimmy Hart as special guest referee. So this is, I think, a very local attraction at the time. Uh, right. Uh, Fez and, and, and uh, Ron and Fez was a Florida show. So maybe similar to the way that um, Bubba the Love Sponge was popular in Tampa, uh, Ron and Fez were popular in Orlando, and then they got bigger, and um, they would follow, I think, the Opie and Anthony show on a bunch of markets. Um, and Bennington is undeniably great um, at radio. And Fez, who is a, a, an insane human being, but a huge wrestling fan and knows the eras and knows it like we know it, Dave. So I wonder how many stars Meltzer gave this match. Yeah, probably not many. He didn't. He was not very. Gen- I looked earlier. He was not very generous overall on this card. He was probably like crying like a baby, bouncing yeah. his hands. He can't have his Southern Ric Flair anymore and Arn Anderson. You know, yeah. Hulkster's there now, brother. Times be changing, dude. The other dark match, which does not include any radio hosts, as far as I know, uh, Brian Armstrong and Brad Armstrong defeated Steve Kiern and Bobby Eaton. Um. So bad attitude. Good for them, I suppose. Uh, all right, main card. It was a little shorter than I thought in terms of how many matches there were. There's only six, yeah. um, which I thought there'd be more. Cause, you know, in They're our, too long, too. Yeah, besides Hulk's. and that's yeah. a problem with WCW in general, I've always thought. Sometimes yeah. you know, their matches are too long. Even for as much as I love those Steamboat Flare matches in 89, those get even a little bit long. Um, they correct that eventually, but yeah, yeah. At this time they're still, still that way. I, I thought... I was going to see the WWF when this came on. I thought everything was going to be changed. And Hulk it was wasn't, there. yep. And it wasn't, you know. And I'm like, mm, you know. Yep. Well, first up, we have Ward Steven Regal, the champion, uh, with Sir William, and he defeats Johnny B. Bad in the singles match for the World Television Championship. Now, when I was growing up and watching the 605 show at my, at my dad's house as a kid, which was basically all I ever watched of WCW as a kid, on Saturday nights, I'd be at my dad's, and we usually wouldn't do anything till you know seven, eight o'clock. We'd go to one of his friends' house or whatever for the night. But um, I would watch this, and I always thought they had something with the TV championship. I always thought that was so cool, and I always wish that the WWF had that. Huh. Um, but Stephen Regal here wins over Johnny B. Bad, retains the title. This was just whatever I thought. It was okay. It, I, it was only ten minutes and forty seconds. It's one of the shorter matches of the night. It's actually the second shortest. Um, so, but a good little opener, I thought. Nothing big. Any thoughts on this, Dave? Yeah, I actually, um, Johnny Bay was one of like my first guys that I, I started liking in WCW. You know, uh, I'm like, all right, it's kind of like a Tito. You know, it's kind of like in his role, Tito Santana. You know, he's a good wrestler. You know, got the crowd going. He was usually in the first opening match and stuff, and he he, he toned down the. Uh, I don't know if it was a homosexual gimmick at first when he was a heel, but that, that got toned down. Just kind of a little more of a flamboyant type guy. And Lord Steven Regal, you know, great, great character. You know what I mean? People, you know, the Marks love him because of his wrestling, but I love him because of his character. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good match. Good opener. No, 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 no complaints here. Uh, Johnny B. Bad, of course, would become Mark Marrow in the WWF. Born July 9th, 1960 in? Uh, Macon, Georgia? Buffalo, oh, New Buffalo, York. New York. Yeah, Buffalo, yeah, okay. New York. But making Georgia, I guess, is shoot. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's kayfabe town. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, Vader uh, with Harley Race defeated the Garden Angel by disqualification in seven minutes. Seven painful uh, minutes. As much as I love Boss Man and um, don't mind Vader and love Harley, this was not good. I thought it was very hard hitting. 
they were yeah, stiff. It yeah. was stiff. There's no doubt about that. But you know, I don't know. Eight it, minutes, nothing happens in the end. I it's get, hard seeing Boss Man other than Boss Man. When, it when is. They first brought him in, That's what they it was. First brought him in. Yeah. They called him the Boss. Yep. And it was the same gimmick, and then they got sued, so they had to show vignettes of him going on the subways in New York and becoming the Guardian Angel. So it's kind of, it's kind of t- tough when Vince owns the, uh, the, the copyrights. Yeah. The same thing happened to Brutus and Earthquake and all these different guys. You know, they just weren't they weren't themselves, uh, you know, when they come in anymore. <clears throat> yeah, they certainly beat the shit out of each other for eight minutes. Yeah, There's no right. doubt about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next, Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck with Colonel Robert Parker and Meng defeated Dustin Rhodes and Arn Anderson in 11-15, a tag match. Um, yeah, 11-15, they don't wear out their welcome. Um, it was cool to see a pretty young Dustin Rhodes here. What, in 94, he was about 25 years old. Oh, I'll uh, buy it. Yeah, pre-gold dust uh, run, working with Arn. Uh, good to see the Funker, one of the greats, of course. Um, and Bunkhouse. Shout out to the Funker. I heard he's not doing too well these days. Yeah, well, he's getting up so, there. I wonder what Yeah, how, yeah another one getting up there. How yeah. old is Funk? Let's see. Right now he is 79, so he is pushing 80. Yeah. And yeah, an, just an like she... old 80, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, he's, he's certainly lived all 80 of those years, right? Sure. Um, Bunkhouse Buck was who, Dave? James Golden. Yeah. Um, he also wrestled as Jack Swagger and Jimmy Golden, or James Golden. Um, right, Matt, I, I think he played a role as Jack Swagger's father in WWE in, in the 2000s or something, for like a, a one-off or some crap like that. Yeah, I would never say anything bad about a Terry yeah. Funk match, you know, in Arn, all the respect. Well, the, the, it was cool that there was a big turn at the end with Arn turning on, yep. turning on Dustin, and uh, you kind of saw it coming because they did it with Ole and Dusty. Years ago, so it was like the same thing. So it was like kind of like a, a callback to that, right? That's so, that's uh, very cool. Yeah, hey, arms never going to stay a face for too long. You know? No, yeah. You you <laughs> you make him a face almost for the reason of of you know for the turn for the turn. Um, yeah, I do have the Meltzer star ratings. It was uh, he gave two and a half to Vader and Guardian. He gave three to this one, and he gave two and a half to the first one. I can't argue any of those. Yeah, the, that's all about right. The next match yeah. was uh, my favorite outside the main event. A very young and handsome looking, uh, full head of hair. Uh, it's so weird. It seeing is him like so that. weird. It's so hard to look at him. It's like when the WWF changed to WWE and they, they show the old logo, yep. the retro one. It's like so hard to look at it without the F. It's oh, like I know. It almost looks like a slap. I can't look at it right. And it's the same thing with Steve Austin looking at him. I can't look at him right. It's like something's wrong here, seeing him with the hair. Kind of dragon and Dragon Slayer out of tights pretty cool, too. Yeah. 20 minutes and six seconds for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Austin retains a really great match. Austin and great Steamboat. Match. Uh, really, really good. Meltzer gave it four and a half. Four, sure. Uh, what's, uh, four. He gave it four stars. Um, and it felt every bit of four. Really well done. Uh, great to see Steamboat here. Young Austin. Uh, really good work, uh, you know, and just really fun to watch Austin. I mean, I, even Paula, I was like, Paula, can you believe that's Stone Cold? She's like, that's and, and, Stone Cold? I was like, yeah, that's him. Yeah, and it's really cool that uh, Linda Balea, Hulk's wife at the time, uh, and, all, and Nick and all the Stutter Paradise cast and Brooke were all in the front row, yep. and they were kind of quiet, 
But when Steamboat come out, you can see Linda cheering for him because she she knows him. Yeah. You know what I mean? From yeah. the WWF. So it's like, I thought that was really cool. Like, every, and she was all into it and stuff. And I was keeping an eye on her. I'm like, oh, because she knew Steamboat from, you know, she knows who this is. Felt, you know, I'm sure they were acquaintances or, or whatnot. She, I and, think, was uh, the one that gave him the advice to take paternity leave. Uh, right <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was Linda's idea. Um, and al- also, I want to tell you that uh, Ste- uh, the Clash of the Champions, after this in August, Steamboat wins the belt back from Austin. But then he has to re- uh, sadly has to retire at Fall Brawl for uh, all his injuries. And he didn't wrestle again until that, that WrestleMania 25 in 2009. When he absolutely killed it, by the way. Killed it. That was so cool. Awesome. Awesome. And that damn Tim Mangione was rooting for Jericho, who, who I love. Who I love. But, I mean, you, Even you Jericho put the... wasn't rooting for Jericho. That yeah, that's what Come I mean. That, that's yeah. what I mean. Exactly. Got to put the kayfabe blinders on here, brother, for, just, just for this. Jericho yeah. wasn't rooting for Jericho. Sure, sure, sure. I went, because Steamboat was wrestling, I went and watched that at Buffalo Wild Wings. And, I mean, the whole place was just going nuts. Because Steamboat, yeah. he just tore it down. I mean, yeah. It was, it was and then they had, a, they had a match, a one-on-one match. Yeah. The next paper and that was great, too. Yeah. Yeah, they got me back for a second one because I wanted to see his singles match. And he was great. Um, that's why he's one of the best ever. No, All right. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma defeat by pin Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan in a long, and I mean long, 20 minutes and 11 yeah, seconds. It's hard. It, it's hard to have a bad Cactus Jack match. You know what I mean? Because I'm very entertained by him always. But, uh, yeah, uh, not, not too, too much. much here. Yeah, yeah. Half a, Meltzer gave it a half a star. It should have been half the time. Right, I mean, this is a that te- was a problem. This yeah. should have been more matches. Yeah, this should have been ten minutes, and we, I mean, put Ron and Fez on the pay per view. Anything else for the other ten minutes? Uh, no more mean, mean Gene and yeah, mean stuff, or yeah, anything yeah. else? Because <laughs> we did not need twenty minutes of this. Um, mean Gene was funny when when Arn, they did the interview with Arn after he turned with the, with the uh, bunkhouse buck and them in the back, and he says that they had girls with them drinking champagne. Like, you pretty young lady shouldn't be doing this. So it was just, just, just <laughs> call it. <laughs> but that's like his way of flirting. Yeah, Gene, Gene being Gene. Yeah. Um, I thought all the like old school WWF people were great in this, like Gene and Bobby. And I mean, even Jesse, although you can tell that he's mad. And like you yeah. said, it's his last show or whatever. But I thought all those guys really showed out and made this much better than I might've thought it was. Otherwise. Yeah. I got, I got used to it. I got used to it pretty, pretty quick as it was going on and on. I started getting used to it. And, um, I did have a little bit of troubles with the, uh, the center stage arena and, a, and the Disney MGM studios. You know what I mean? It just looks, it looks so like, even though WWF was running small place, just a small place at the time, the way they made it look, they made it look still kind of like the regular superstars. But then once Nitro comes, Nitro looks like our superstars. Right. You know what I mean? So they get they get the regular canvas color and everything. So I was, once Nitro starts, and I'm come, I was totally in this night. But I mean, once Nitro starts, and boom, I'm you know that that's it. This is my wrestling. Yeah, that <clears throat> that was you, not me. Um. Yeah. All right. Finally, the main event, and I I'm gonna say this: they made this feel huge. You know, they made this match feel like a huge match. You know, they got Michael Buffer. You know, there's fireworks at the end. Um, you know, the way they brought everyone out. Mr. T. Kind of reminded me of WrestleMania 1 a little bit. Not just because it was T. Yeah, because like of all idea. the people. Yeah, Shaq yeah, yeah. is there. He's going right. to present the title to the winner. He's the biggest star in Orlando at that moment. Right. You know, so he's the perfect person. They just did a good job of making it feel like a real attraction. 
you know, in a big event, something very important. They give him 21 minutes and 50 seconds. And as much as the last match felt like 40 minutes, this one felt like 10. Great match. Yeah, and even Meltzer gave it uh, three and a quarter stars, which is like an eight-star match for Hogan for him. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. I'm giving, it, I'm giving it four. Yeah, I'll give it four yeah, as that, well. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, Jimmy Hart is another one of those classic WWF guys who I thought really showed out here today during the show was really great. Um, doing what Jimmy Hart does best. Uh, really good. Oh, Sherry's another one. Um, was really good in this match. Uh, lots of twists and turns towards the end. Um, there's just all kinds of different bumps and spots and falls. I thought they really told a really good story. Um, Hogan and Flair always work well together. Even those Madison Square Garden matches with WWF are great, too. Yeah. We covered one of them, I think. Yeah, in the archives. Sherry yeah. gets involved here, and Mr. T grabs her and carries her away. Crowd goes nuts, but she slips the knucks into the ring. Um, Flair hits Hogan with the knucks, but Hulk totally no-sells it. Kicks out at two, starts hulking up, and gets the win. Um, he also got out of the figure four at one point, Hulk. Um, really exciting match. Fireworks after the only thing missing is real American. I know, yeah, I know you said you like the song and maybe the song is fine, but it's not good after the win. Like, it's just not enough. Well, I mean, but we have no choice. You know yeah. what I mean? We can't have real American. Can't have so. real American. You know what they should have done? Pay for eye the tiger. Well, then he can pay off Vince. He might as well just pay off Vince then for real American. Okay. You know? Then do that. Yeah. But I mean, you throw around money like it's water anyway. Yeah. So why do we have to have this? generic song yeah you know i don't actually like it i just don't like the beginning so i don't have a problem with it i just don't, um, i don't think it works for the posing and all that i don't know it just, it's, no, I, got, I, I got used to it it's too sure. soft but um yeah i love this four stars all of four i thought they worked really well i thought it went really well paul what'd you think of it honey i thought it was amazing you liked it yeah, yeah. all right yeah paula really enjoyed it um tammy even watched it with us a little bit uh, it feels like in WWF again, right? Tired really early. Yeah, she got tired. Yeah, yeah. No, it did. It yeah. felt like a WWF yeah. show in a lot of ways. You know, you got yeah. Jesse there. You got Heenan. Oh, and we should talk about Heenan in the main event because he puts on an absolute masterclass. Everyone talks about, and rightly so, his performance at the '92 Rumble. During that, he's every bit as good here for 20 minutes. Yeah, he had a funny interview with Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron's like, "Oh, I like both guys." He was probably friends with Hulk and Flair, so he didn't want to pick a winner. And Heenan goes, you should run for office, Hank. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Then he goes, so-so hitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy never hit enough home runs. Only, what, 715 of them. Uh, yeah, this is just, you know, hey, I think we should probably do more of this stuff because it gets me out of my comfort zone a little bit. But I'm glad we did this one. Um and 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 a lot of people say like, oh, Hogan kicking out of the brass knucks or the figure four. This is all Flair. This is all Flair's doing. He brought Hulk in. He wanted this. This is what he wanted. Yep. yep. This is all him. So I mean, if you're gonna blame anyone, blame uh, if the Mark's gonna blame anyone, blame Flair. This the, is all him. And the Marks better check themselves because WCW <laughs> never would have been what WCW no. became if not for a Hogan showing up and b then Hogan having the willingness and foresight. To turn, to turn heel. So, yeah. um, the marks can say what they want, but you know maybe you can try to make a case to blame them for the demise, but you you can't blame them for the, no, you, you know you have to, you have to give them credit work. for the rise. You know what I mean? Yeah. WCW never becomes what it does without Hulk Hogan. Right. 
Not even half of what it became. No, no. Clove would have been out of business. They were doing, I was looking at some of those uh, house show results, 800 fans, 600 fans, 200 fans. Right, and they get 15,000 here, and Hulk totally changes the game. So, really good. Enjoyed it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. we got a couple things to do. Paul will be with us. We're going to read some emails. We're going to announce what we're going to do for show number 41. And uh, uh, we're going to do some plugs, too. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back, Dave. All right. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Now, we are back. One last segment, 24-inch podcast. Dave, Paula, and Steve all here. Don't forget, you can listen to this episode and all episode of the 24-inch podcast on the Sportscasters feed on SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. Make sure you find us on Twitter. We're at 24-inch podcast there. Instagram, we're at 24 underscore inch underscore podcast. Email us, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. And on Facebook, just search the 24-inch podcast and ask for permission to join our group, and we will approve you. Don't forget to check out the Sportscasters podcasts. All episodes, like I said, on SoundCloud.com slash SportsCasters. You can find me on Twitter there, at Sports underscore Casters, and Instagram, at SportsCasters. 3x5 with Steve Bennett. It's every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Search North South Connection connection on youtube and paul what do they need to do on youtube uh when they watch the uh three by five with steve bennett like, comment, subscribe, and share yeah if anyone can possibly hear that she said like follow comment review and i even wrote send a fax down here as a smart ass no. and i plug sheet oh. no no faxes like comment subscribe and turn on no phone okay but no faxes you can send a fax. Okay, she said you could send a fax if you want, Dave. All right. So, beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. All right. Um, what do we got? Emails and questions. Dave, I, you know what? I know we have one in the email. Um, do you have any of the questions on your end, Dave? What do you got? I do. I got two. All right. Let's give me your first one. All right. We're doing a lot of Tim Angel and talk, so we'll start with him. Okay, he says, here's a good one. So what were your initial feelings on Hulk going to WCW? Were you worried it wouldn't be the same? Show's been kicking ass as always. And, of course, CM Punk blows. I agree there. Thank you, Tim. Uh, I'll go first. Yes, I kind of covered it before, but I was worried. My Uncle Tito was even more upset because he just paid $75 for WrestleMania 10 tickets. <laughs> you know, we figured he'd be back, just like he was back for WrestleMania 9. But, um, yeah, I didn't want him in, like, the, uh, you know, the lesser, you know, the dingy-looking center stage, uh, WCW Saturday night, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I was never a fan of WCW until this point. But then once he got there, I, I pretty much you know, jumped right on board. Yeah, I was devastated. Um, 
I'm a WWF guy. You know, I'm from Buffalo, New York. You know, this is my territory. And I stay loyal to it as much as I love Hulk. I didn't like the way WCW looked on my TV. Um, I would yeah, wa- I agree with that. I would watch things here and there, but I couldn't watch this. And by 94, I'm turning 14. I'm starting high school hockey, which means I'm playing high school hockey and AAA travel hockey. You know, so this is about the time where I'm almost too busy to be the fan I was anyway. Um, and around this time, right around the end of, you know, after WrestleMania 10, I kind of drift away a bit until about WrestleMania 14, 97. Um, so I was devastated Hulk was gone, and I never watched him on WCW and really didn't see him again until he came back before, you know, WrestleMania against The Rock. Um, what was that, 18? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, yeah, I was devastated. I was not happy at all, and, um, you know, uh, it wasn't for me. But um, I, I was yeah. happy to get away from that no good Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one from Lucas Calhoun. Oh, the great Haystacks Calhoun. Yes, he says, question for you guys. What's your favorite performance by a wrestler in a movie? Personally, I think Piper is still the best in They Live, but would like your thoughts. Anyway, keep up the good work, and Hulkamania will never die, Lucas says. (laughs) Uh, Me and his girl Jill just watched Mr. Nanny uh, Monday night. (laughs) Actually, that's pretty funny. Paula Uh, loves Mr. Nanny, too. My favorite wrestler, oh, my God. Um... Got to be Thunderlips, right? Yeah, I mean Rocky Three Thunderlips is definitely up there. Um, I really love the movie Body Slam. <laughs> I know this is kind of movie. A great g- movie, generic, you know, eighties almost B movie. Um, but I really enjoy the work that Piper's in that. The Samoas are in that. Uh, some other. Uh, it, I know it's not a movie; it's a TV show. But I thought all the wrestlers did a great job in Body Slam, the A Team episode. Similar, right. similar name yeah. as the uh, as the movie there. Um, also, I mean, The Rock has been in a couple decent movies, right? I mean, uh, me and Paul like Jumanji. Uh, he was pretty good in that. Um, I'm sure there's something else I'm thinking of from Rock that was good. Um, oh, Paula says Moana. Uh, so Paula gives a shout out to Rock and Moana, which is fair. Um, have you seen any of Batista's stuff? I've never. No. I don't watch no. comic book movies, so I've never. No. Hell no. Seen that stuff. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm going to tie uh, Thunder Lips because it's only like a cameo kind of. Right. With they live. With they live. They right? live. Piper, yeah. Movie. yeah. 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 Uh, Jesse's good in Predator. Uh, shout oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! I. I oof. I'm gonna have to go three way there. Yeah. Predator is my favorite movie out of all, out of Rocky Three. They live in Predator. Predator is my favorite movie. So I guess my answer got to be Predator, right? Yeah, that's that's a good call by me. That's a good one for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think I think I might have to switch it. Sorry, Hulk and Roddy, but I think I might have to be Predator. This sexual right Tyrannosaurus. And I mean, <laughs> shout out to Hulk and Zeus too, and No Holds Barred. Yeah, No Holds Barred is great. No Holds Barred like like became like a cult classic over the yeah. years. Yeah, but it's it, unfortunately uh, the scenes without Hulk are the best in the you know in <laughs> right. the uh, yeah. battle of the tough guys with Stan Hansen. Yeah. Um, and the Teeny wangers. the uh, the scene with the um, the overflowing urinals too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you count Mr. T as a wrestler. I guess you don't, but I love him in DC Cab. Uh, okay. Something else we could throw out. I'm trying to be fair to everyone. Like, is there anything else? I'm trying to go through the guys. I think we probably uh, Terry Funk in Roadhouse. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, there's so many more. We're not, we're not thinking of um, 
Uh, Big John Studd and Harley Davidson, The Marlboro Man. That's a great movie. Oh, really? Studd nice. Yes. Yeah, Studd has a pretty big role in it, too. So that's an honorable mention. There's got to be a. I feel like there's got to be a movie with The Rock I'm not thinking of that I do like. Yeah, I never saw too many Rock movies. There's a Dudley Moore movie uh, where he has two girls pregnant at the same time. The the uh, One of the girls' father was a wrestler, hard-boiled, hard-boiled Haggerty. But Andre the Giant and Big John Studd are also in it. They attend the wedding. So uh, there's that as well. There was wrestlers in The Wrestler too, right? Of course. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Ernest the Cat Miller. It's a, uh, it's a name one, at least. Yeah, a couple of guys. Yeah, so we threw a bunch out of there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think, like, the, the top of the tops are, like, what you mentioned, Thunderlips, um, Jesse and Predator. Um, they live, like uh, Lucas mentioned. And I got to throw uh, Piper and Samoas and all the other wrestlers from Body Slam from 85, which I just love that movie because I yeah. grew up with it and whatever. But um, It's not a movie, but Lou Albano did a good, great job on Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Captain Lou. Made the uh, three by five list for top Amer- Italian American uh, wrestlers. Yeah, I saw him on there right after Gorilla. All right, what do we got, Kevin Hogan next? Kevin Hogan, guys, can I get your opinion on the figure four leg lock as a finisher? As far as finisher goes, it always seemed to be a bit lame to me. Ouch! It kind of got a pass when Ric Flair did it, but because he's Ric Flair, but I always thought it was kind of lame. What do you guys think? I think the complete opposite. I think it's one of the best finishers of all time. Wait, and say that one, most you say that one more time for me. I'm sorry, Paul. He, was he thinks he thinks the figure four leg lock is lame as a finisher. Mm. I, I'm, I'm totally disagreeing. I think it's one of the greatest finishers ever, and so you know, people, kids apply it to each other and everything, mm-hmm. and just the best submission move of all time, without a doubt. You know, I, Kevin, love you, but I disagree wholeheartedly. There, I'm probably in the middle. Um, I certainly don't think it's the worst. I might not, might not like it as much as you. Uh, I don't like how if they roll over, it's somehow like switched. Yeah. The pressures are switched. I'm not crazy about that. I did love the work that Ron Garvin and uh, Greg Valentine did it with the hammer jammer and all that yeah, man, stuff. Cool. I thought that was all really good. That really that was a much better feud than it should have been. You know, for where those guys were in their careers, I gotta give props to, to them. I do like it. Um, I do like the problem I have with submission holds as finishers is there's some guys who are just never going to submit. Yeah. You know, like they're just never going to like Hulk was never going to tap out. No, he did. It's Hollywood. You know, so it. well, yeah. yeah, that's when he's a bad guy, I guess. But yeah. they're, they're, uh, he did do Kurt Angle too, uh, too but that's when he was, you know, like 50 years old. So it doesn't really count. You know, I guess you can pull the Austin where he just passes out. Yeah. And that yeah, works out good. But I always like, you know, Oh, it's a submission match. That guy's not submitting, so he's obviously the other guy's going to win. You know, I just always I never like submission 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 finishers in general, but the figure yeah. four is still my favorite. Yeah, I definitely put it on my brother one or fifty times. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, Paul, you got one or two for us before we go? Just one. All right, why don't you step up and uh, read it? Because Dave, you're out, right? I'm out. Yep. Okay, and we got Lucas in there, so then we just need Paula. Who's got one email, um, and she's gonna tell us what that question is right now. She's uh, referring to her notes here as she steps up to the microphone. I think she's running out of gas. I think we got a very tired Paula here at midnight on a um, yeah, it's a little late, a little late for her. But go ahead, honey. Mila said, "If I was a wrestler, what would be my gimmick?" Oh, what would the gimmick be for if there was a seven-year-old girl named Mila, 
and she was a wrestler, what could her gimmick be? Well, I think she would. No, e- what could our gimmick be? Oh, you and her, you'd be a tag team. No, this. Uh, well, if we were a wrestler. Who's we though? Mila and who? You. Oh. Me and oh, Dave. me, you, and Dave. <laughs> oh, if we had a three-person tag team. No. Oh. Separate wrestlers, normal wrestlers. Oh, okay. Well, I got an idea for us together, though. Okay. What if we did one of those gimmicks where we switched? You know, where it was, we always wrestled as a tag team, but it might be any two of us at any given time. And you'd be wrestling me and Dave, and then I would be hurt, so I'd slide under the ring, you'd slide out, and suddenly they're wrestling Paula and Dave. But since we all look alike, they don't really notice. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Yeah. Like demolition right there. Right, like demolition. We could do that. Yeah, the, free bro, the old free bird rule. Dave, what do you think Paula's gimmick would be if she was a singles wrestler? Well, Vince McMahon always like would just like to, what you really were in real life, what you did, and just extend that so like a per, cheerleader personality. Type. Yeah, yeah like a, or, I know she takes step class, and yeah, stuff like that. Dancer. So maybe some kind of a some kind of a dancer, tiny Come dancer, dance, dancing. Yeah, tiny dancer. There tiny you go. dancer. That would be Paula's gimmick. Yeah. I think Dave's gimmick is obviously Hollywood. By Tony, it, well, it's Hollywood's already taken, so I guess I I'd kind of do like a um, like a Vince Neil type gimmick, maybe a rock star, okay, you know, something like that, or Boy George. You could do like a Boy, uh, boy George. In fact, that'd be a great wrestler. Well, there's a few of those out there, out. right? What? I'll tell you later. Oh, I'm. I mean, I would obviously be like the Italian stallion, and I would just be known right. for like my beautiful looks and my physique. I'd be like Rick Rude, but Italian. Just like Salvatore Belomo. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like Rick Rude, but Italian. I'd come out there and be like, yeah, I need all you, you all you uh, non-Italian jabronis to shut up so the ladies can see what a real Italian physique looks like. Hit the music. Yep, hit the music. Can what they said? I don't know what you said, you nut. Well, don't tell anybody this, but I'm going to whisper it. Okay. That's my microphone. All right, what are you going to whisper? Okay, just say it. All right. Go ahead, Paul. A drunk. A drunk. I'm a drunk? No, Dave. Dave's a drunk? <laughs> that's kind of, that's true, actually. No, no, no. You're very no. smart. A drunk rocker. A drunk rocker. Oh, a drunk rock and roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah perfect. Like drunk, yeah. like when... Like when wow, that's and perfect. Jill and all those girls get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you on my Facebook? <laughs> hey, I got to make an announcement right here at 24 Inch Podcast. This uh, is going to be my This is going to be my last show. Oh no. Rockin Ryan Gray has taken me he over. Has, he's stolen it. you. I've signed a contract with Rock and Ryan uh, and Steve Bennett. My apologies. I'm just kidding, of course. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but on the next no, I'm just kidding. It was a joke. It's a joke. We've been joking about, <laughs> been joking about through text. Yeah. And at three, at three by five, I heard it. I'm like, you are serious, right? Think I'm leaving, think I'm leaving the show? <laughs> I but, just don't um, trust Ryan, that no good heel. He's yeah, gonna, he's a heel. He's, yeah, he's, he's after Steve Bennett. Yeah, he's going to try to steal you. All right, what were you going to say, Dave? You want to announce the next show? Next show, where you, you think we stepped out of our wheelhouse today with WCW? You are gonna really think we stepped out of our wheelhouse next time because we're gonna set it's an, we're gonna keep the summer vibe going. We're gonna do a SummerSlam, right? We've done a few already. So you're thinking, oh, okay, 1981, 1991, uh, no, 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 2005, Hulk Hogan against what? that no good skinny jabroni Shawn Michaels in Washington D.C. at the MCI Center. We're hitting 2005. We're getting out of our wheelhouse. 
can't wait for the questions. Can't wait to, I almost can't wait to watch. I don't know if I can or can't wait to watch it. I did see this one. We ordered this pay-per-view. I see the live too. Hulk's on it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Sean made a fool out of himself the next day on Raw. We'll get into that. And I uh, can't wait for it, man. Yeah. Did I approve that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I watched yeah. this live. My friend said, Hulk's in the main event. You got to come out. We're having a cookout. So I went to one of the world's worst cookouts. I'll tell that story next time. Um, and we watched this pay-per-view literally on like a 13-inch TV in someone's garage. I uh, was not happy with the television situation. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that next time, and I'm looking forward to it. Same here, dude. All right. With that said, there's only one thing left to do for the 40th time. Say your prayers. Say your prayers. Podcast. 40 brothers. <laughs> <laughs>